Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Broadband Bunch. I'm Joe Coldvella. Thanks for joining us. We often ask our guests a crystal ball question. Well, we decided to take it one step further and dedicate an entire episode to predictions. I looked all around the broadband landscape, and I found three absolute wizards. Let's meet them. Our first guest is a real soothsayer, Kim McKinley. Kim, when you're not predicting the future, what do you do in the broadband industry? I go to I fly on a plane and go to a lot of conferences. And uh, besides that, I am the chief marketing officer and deputy director in for Utopia Fiber out of Murray, Utah. And in case you are wondering, if you need some snow, we've got plenty here in Utah. About you know about a foot and a half or so. So come on, visit if you like skiing right now. Awesome. Awesome. Next one. Next person up needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Bob, Futurama Knight. Bob, when you're not channeling the spirits, what do you do? So I record Kim getting onto airplanes <laughs> and then chop them up into negative ads and play them back via LinkedIn. Uh, and when I'm not doing that, I'm president and CEO of Harrison Edwards. We are uh, one of the leading marketing agencies in the broadband industry. Awesome. Awesome. And then finally, uh, Palm Reader, Pete Pizzatullo. Pete, let the folks know what you do in the broadband world. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, I uh, my full-time job is working for ETI Software, and uh, we're a BSS OSS solution. So I go around helping people um, simplify how to manage their business and uh, make their subscribers happy. Uh, I spend the rest of my time uh, harassing you. So. <laughs> Yeah, please. I, I know it all too well. Hey, um, all right. So before we dive into uh, to hear the, the the true, real broadband predictions, uh, let's let's loosen things up with a with a lightning round. Uh, Pete, take it away. Yeah, a couple light light topics to kind of warm up the tongue and the brain here. So uh, fresh off the heels of Herschel Walker just narrowing taking over the state of Georgia, uh, I'm wondering if uh, you know what, what's your guys' thoughts on who's the next famous person most likely to be elected to office. Bob, what do you think since you're uh, in that world? Well, I mean, Kim Broadband, uh, Kim McKinley is broadband's <laughs> first celebrity, and she just won the election for the FBA board. Ooh. So politics must come next. You know, this is the pinnacle of her career, being elected to the FBA board, by the way. Now, what's worse, being elected to the FBA board or losing the election to get on the FBA board? That's the question we have to ask today on this podcast. Okay. So the the next great lady from Utah, the state of Utah. Uh, Kim, what about you? Any any thoughts on the next celeb to be in the, <laughs> the, in the politics arena? Well, I was thinking, I mean, I was like, so should I do my celebrity crush who I would like to see in the political arena or should I do somebody who might make sense? I feel like we should just go with, why not Oprah as our new oh. um, uh, like, you know, person who wants to throw their hat into the ring doesn't need any money no has a lot of opinions definitely go for it okay, i like nice. that one how about you joe well i think um for 2024 i think the the green party is going to um really become front and center so i'm gonna say that uh, kermit the frog is going to toss his <laughs> uh his uh, hat into the ring and it's gonna be awesome you might I thought you were gonna say someone from the cannabis industry Ooh. Ooh. Jim Henson definitely started the cannabis industry, so, you know. <laughs> All right, so out of politics into um, vocabulary, right? So in 2022, Merriam-Webster declared gaslighting as the word of the year, right? So just so some of you may not know, it's the practice of grossly misleading someone, especially for one's own advantage. We won't mention names here. 
what um you know previous winners were like the pandemic and shellacking and vitriol so what what will or should the word of the year for 2023 be i'm i'm, I'm ready i'm ready pete i'm ready <laughs> do it kim it's boondoggle <laughs> boondoggle is going to be the word of 2023 with how much of this broadband money is going to go to the right places Ooh, like it uh joe you have a reaction to that uh it's, it's i think it's spot on boondoggle is is a, is a word that that's near and dear to my heart so i, I say boondoggle 2023 and uh bob how about you any thoughts i i i love that word i would say that fabric is the word oh. of 2023 too yeah that is true that is being overly used already uh, already <laughs> hey i've got wait pete just before we go on I, I actually have a word that i would like to to be removed from sort of the lexicon it drives me crazy and it's the word impactful. It never used to be a word. And then for whatever reason, it became a word that everybody uses and it drives me You got four crazy. marketing people on this phone yeah. call right now. I mean, that's, that is our word. Right yeah. There. Like, I, I mean, first of all, I've never, I don't think I've ever used the word impactful ever, but thank you. Do you hear it a lot, Joe? Is that, is that a concern for you? It, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's dire actually. And I'm telling you, as soon as now we've brought this up, you're going to hear it all the time. <laughs> I, yeah. I got in trouble for using impactful once by my old boss. So, um, so I, I try to stay away from it. Appreciate that. I, I do like Bob's word fabric. I think of my closet more than I think of the fabric, but I still think it's an overused word in 2022 and it's just started. But, so, but it's one of those, it's one of those PhD level concepts that I think we end up using. I think if you're in the industry, you understand what's the, what that means or what it's the intention of that word. But I, I think it is alienating for the, a lot of the people that, especially this year that we need to start bringing more and more into the fold. You know, we need more, you know, that's, that's my concern about that word, but it is, I do agree, Bob, that it's, it's on everybody's lips right now. Right. Um, so I guess we should define what fabric is, right? It's not the stuff that's hanging in Kim's closet. Maybe it's, uh, you know, along the, uh, the mapping, right. It's, it's the data, it's the, it's how it all comes together, gets woven together. And, uh, that's up for a lot of challenges, uh, is part of the boondoggle, the other, uh, keyword of, of the day. Yes. No, thank you for that. The, um, well, I got two more topics here. So from a technology perspective, since we are grossly rooted in technology, um, what will Elon Musk buy in 2023? Start with Joe. Wow, uh, you know that, that's a that's a great question. Um, but uh, what will Elon buy in twenty twenty three? I mean, you really stumped me there. I, I think <laughs> so. He owns a car company, right? He owns a solar company. Uh, he owns um, satellite broadcasting company, right? Twitter, Twitter. So. Um, you know what if he i think he's going to buy the a sports team and he's going to like uh he's going to buy the the Washington Commanders that's my prediction he's going to he's going to join the NFL as one of its owners all right interesting Kim, any reaction to that? On, on oh, I think he's in. Um, like I, I heard yesterday that we're now into playing cards in this nation. So I think he's going to buy like a playing card or like a superhero cards that we have out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the big new thing. You never know. I mean, there's a lot of people who are in some random businesses. Who knew that the electric car uh, business would be so successful? You never know. Playing cards might be coming back. Yeah, he definitely likes to uh, jump into new disparate things there. And Bob, how about you? Any thoughts? So what I think he's hoping to purchase 
is something in gaming, maybe either online gaming or some sort of virtual metaverse type world, what he'll actually probably purchase is a Russian hooker. (laughs) (laughs) Another one? Another one. It'll be the scandal of the year. Do you think he could like get into um, my realm and just like start getting into kitty like cat like activewear <laughs> or something like that? Like True. like Elon Musk showing up like uh, you know on Twitter wearing Hello Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm talking for my cat. No, I'm talking that my cat ne- might need some activewear. So <laughs> there's Animal not enough market wear? for that. Yeah, there's no not. Sportswear. <laughs> You know, I think the U.S. economy, they spend uh, $2 billion on pets on Valentine's Day. Just, just so you know, just oh, wow. sense, sense of our priorities there. Mm. Um, my, my guess on Elon Musk is he's going to buy one of the crypto platforms because I think he thinks it's the future, but nobody can get it right. So he'll, he'll try to jump in and figure that out. I heard FTX is up on the market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Real cheap. <laughs> um, last one. All right. So clearly in the American... Uh, public has lost its imagination, right? Um, because the most, you know, anticipated movies coming out in 2023, 12 of them are sequels or part of a series, right? So the question is, which of these will be movie of the year, right? Starting with Fast and the Furious 10, Scream 6, Hunger Games 5, Indiana Jones 5, John Wick 4, or Gremlins 3? Any guesses? Bob. Oh, boy. Uh, pass. <laughs> how sad is that how sad is that how we just sad is that right they're all like sequels upon sequels upon sequels right yeah joe That's i know you i know you're excited for one of those joe well which, which you, one? it's actually a real problem for me because uh probably about 15 or 15 years or so i made a rule that i would uh not go to movies with roman numerals or numbers after the title so wow. unfortunately I, I will not be seeing any of those um those uh films you know the last movie that i saw was the heat with sandra bullock and um melissa mccarthy that's how long ago it's been since i've seen a movie in the theater you mean or on tv in 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 the theater like (laughs) yeah yeah i I just don't have time to do that like on tv i can't even remember we know how important you are bob we know how important you are you don't have to (laughs) remind us we got stuff i'm always on an airplane right (laughs) filming he's filming kim those are the movies that i'm watching right (laughs) He's rereading War and Peace, that's why. So War and Peace. No, but I, I do have a question about Indiana Jones. Are they bringing back like Harrison Ford and yeah. Karen Allen and all those guys? Harrison Ford's definitely, and I don't know if Karen Allen is in this one. So Yeah, I thought she retired from show business years ago. I think he should have too. Kim, how well, about you? Any he, thoughts on the movie? He's better off acting than flying airplanes, that's for sure. That is for sure. He's, I think he's had, what, two near misses? With, with I think he almost hit an American Airlines 737 on a taxiway. He almost landed on top of it. I forget what the other one was. Well, we gave an 80-year-old guy his, his flying license. I mean, I think that's probably our problem, not his. Didn't he, like, so. land on a golf course once? Yeah, he crashed well, on movie Casino. Uh, what? Bob. <laughs> I'm telling you, Joe. Google it. I think he. I think he landed. I think, a, he did. I think he put a plane down on a golf course, and then I think he missed um, narrowly missed like an American seven thirty seven at like John Wayne Airport. It's crazy. Yeah. So He's that, fine. throw him in an action adventure movie. He'll be fine. <laughs> Kim, any last thoughts on movies? I there? was going for risky business too. We haven't Ooh. made that one yet. Wow. You I really know. want to see 65-year-old Tom Cruise in underwear? <laughs> you know what? That was the last movie that I saw was was Maverick, uh, you know, part two, whatever. Yeah. Top Gun 2. That was actually really good. 
Well, well the only one I'm looking forward to is Gremlins three because we'll we'll see if uh, they can re- rekindle that one. But what if mm-hmm. what if they made a Goonies two? Definitely would see that. You you can would... we can say see our age on this podcast right now, guys. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> All right, Joe, I'm out of good ideas. Back to you. All right, wait, well, they're not going to bring back like Dustin Hoffman and Tootsie Part Two. Oh. All right. Well, then let, let's uh, get serious for a second, Bob. If you want to uh, run the the industry predictions for 2023, that would be awesome. Well, sorry, I, I was just you know catching up on ET Returns. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, spicy industry predictions for 2023. I know that everyone's got an opinion, uh, and they're all pretty good. Uh, there's a lot going on in the industry. It's all pretty much in flux. So, Joe, what do you think? What's your big spicy industry prediction? For 2023. Okay. I, I think I'm probably going to be wrong, but I, I think that the supply chain isn't going to be a as big of an issue as we think that it's going to be. I know that throughout 2022, you know, going to the shows, I think that a lot of people were sort of uh, worried about that. But I, I think, you know, with, with shipper containing prices just, you know, dropping, um, unfortunately, if there's a, a, a contraction in the economy, I think a lot of the energy is going to go into infrastructure. And similar to the pandemic, I think there might be a little bit of a silver lining for the broadband industry. And I think that it's, it's not going to be a, a big of deal as, as we think it is. Interesting. Yeah. We, we have heard people say that, you know, supply has caught up and now they're slowing down production. They, they were racing production to deal with supply chain. Now they're starting to slow it down. A lot of the suppliers. So now they're going to have a little bit of short term pain. Interesting yeah. prediction, Joe. I, but I also think there's a lot of insourcing that started happening in the last 18 months or so where people are building stuff locally or vertically integrating. You know, we, we saw that from a couple of people like ATX and some other folks that have trying to take supply chain, you know, turbulence out of the equation. So it's it should be interesting. And what's your um, predictions, Pete? Um, my prediction is that Leo's take off. Um I think people have always kind of kept marginalized them as an alternative, but I do think what the you know some of the Ukraine progress that they've made, I do think um, um, Elon Musk and the others are really going to start piling on, and it'll become um, more of an option to, uh, in terms of coverage than people anticipated. Yeah, you're going to see that as a stopgap, particularly in the most rural areas that don't have fiber or don't even have uh, cable broadband. Right? Um, you know, residents just need that service; they need need to be connected to the world. So I agree with you on that. All right. What do you think, Kim? Well, I was going to say, I was going to test my face's ability to see how much Botox it could hold um, in 2023. (laughs) But if we're going to go into the broadband world, I think my spicy prediction is there's going to be a state that rejects the bead money. Huh. Really? Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm. Do you have inside information? I mean, of course I do. No, I don't, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that you're seeing a lot of states who are... It gets very political of this is a Republican versus Democrat thing that they think there's too many, um, too many like, challenges and processes involved with it that some states might just not even want to get go down that pathway with the and money. They may not be prepared to handle it. You think yep. that's part of it? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, so, you know, here in the year 2023, where I am in Armonk, New York, we have a volunteer fire department and- uh, instead of using pagers and cell phones, they still ring the fire siren. So we're here in an office park. Next block over is IBM's <laughs> headquarters. 
And whenever any of us in any of these companies are on a call, recording a podcast or wherever, <laughs> all you hear is the fire siren. It sounds like downtown Beirut in the early 80s, folks. So, I think it's I think it's Bob's bullshit detector going off. Actually. <laughs> it's, it's, so. it's endearing, right? Uh, okay, so uh, my spicy prediction for 2023. Uh, let's see. Well, there's two. First one is that uh, Kim McKinley will run out of people to swipe on, and uh, the dating app <laughs> will, will will finally wow. start serving her like dogs and cats to try to date with, and she'll uh, she'll meet a Doberman, and they'll get on you know pretty well, and uh, buy a nice cottage, live in Vermont, and call it a day. Uh, All right. so that's first prediction. Um, how how close am I, Kim? Um, I think you're pretty spot on. <laughs> pretty spot on. <laughs> okay. Well, that that is really good. I'm I'm really happy to hear that. Um, I think the the second prediction is that uh, a lot of people think that uh, everything with the FCC maps is going to be really bad. Uh, I'm here to predict that it's actually going to be worse than that. Uh, you're going you're going to have uh, local counties. You're going to have local communities without GIS departments um, who are not able to. Uh, meet the challenges in time. And uh, I think that the uh, FCC under pressure from the telecom lobby is just going to keep barreling right through. And you might even see a lawsuit or two before the end of 2023. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of um, grumblings and, and people protecting on both sides of the, on the, on the issue that I see in some of the chats that I'm in and it's um, people are getting fired up. Yeah. Pretty fired, pretty fired up. But then, I, I, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like then then how do we solve it? Because you know you want the the, the like the big picture from the the FCC, but it's one of those things that it has to be um, just just more granular and brought down to a local level. I'm just like, it, I, you know, I, I sense everyone's frustration, but it's one of those things where are they ever going to be accurate for well, just because of the size of the country? A lot of the arguments that I see around that cost quest, um, using them as part of the the data source. I think is part of the the grumblings. I don't know if you see that, Bob, at all. Is that? Well, I, I don't think that the local officials really understand, you know, who the vendor is and whatnot. And I don't, I don't want to comment on on cost quest, but um, you know, I was I was talking to a county planning director last night, and she was furious. She had a um, she had a conference call with uh, New York State's broadband office, and basically they're saying, okay, you have you know essentially two weeks to get a challenge in. And, you know, some of these counties, I, I think there's probably only a handful in New York State, uh, you know, that have a GIS department in the first place. And, you know, they, you know, a lot of them, you know, they don't live, eat and breathe broadband like we do. So they don't realize that, you know, we've been talking about this challenge process for, for months, right? So they're learning this information firsthand right now with basically two weeks left. And, you know, we're just about done in, in January by the time, you know, speed of government moves, they're not going to be able to meet the challenges in time. Right. And they're going to miss out on a lot of money. So you're saying that they those people have a life, unlike us who talk about broadband all the time, Bob? <laughs> I, I'm just saying that it's not the top of their uh, priorities or, or interests. It's probably why they're not single. Got it. Check. <laughs> <laughs> Message received. Yeah, exactly. What do you think, Pete? About <laughs> the FCC, uh, the maps being worse than than uh, than what what they what we think they're going to be. Yeah. Well, but I think you're putting your finger on on you know on a great issue around that maturity, right? We talked about that before about all the different levels of even at the state broadband office level, right? It's just 
all this money's coming and they're not ready for it. They can't possibly get ready for it. And, um, and that's one of the concerns that I, you know, we talk about is how, you know, I think Kim said boondoggle. I think part of it is just the mechanisms aren't in place for us to take advantage of this money, you know, just throwing money at the problem and not having all those things taken care of. Um, it's going to be frustrating. And I think, you know, it's, <laughs> it's going to look bad in some areas, you know, and I think some States, as Kim said, are going to walk away from it because they just want to avoid looking really bad, you know? Well, the second these timelines were published, I mean, everyone in the industry looked at it and said, whoa, this is this is a huge problem. And it's like it's it's been met with deaf ears at FCC. And, you know, the question is, you know, how are we going to really effectively, you know, push out this forty two and a half billion dollars when everything is just in flux? And I, I think, Kim, you and I were on a panel uh, about a year ago at uh, Fiber Broadband Association in, in Nashville. I think we were up on stage and someone made the prediction that 70 to 80 percent of uh, this infrastructure bill dollars, you know, beef money is going to go to waste. And I'm starting to think that that's a pretty accurate prediction. Well, Bob, first of all, don't tell people that I'm ever on stage with you. You're ruining my credibility. But um, I think you're you're very spot on that a lot of this money will be wasted or this way people will go to the same stakeholders who've had the money, who've been given money year after year, and they have done little to nothing with it. I think you're starting to see this with these new maps. You're seeing how the CAS programs weren't, the money that were put into those areas haven't been really spent to build out those areas because you're seeing them come back as unserved and underserved yet again on another federal program. So I think it will be interesting. So Big Cable has a really interesting prediction in front of it, right? Because it has clearly lobbied the FCC to, you know, have the timelines be a little bit quicker and to, um, you know, report the mapping in their favor. But now that it's reported in their favor, it shows that the funding is not going to be able to uh, be distributed as widely as it's needed, right? And so now, now what's the argument going to be? Like, oh, no, 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 wait, let's, let's turn the maps around. It'll be fine. Send more of the money out now and we'll partner with you. They, they've really sort of painted themselves into a corner here. I think it's, I think, it, do I get to ask a question next? Do I get to ask a question? Kim, of course, you know, this free flowing, I mean, we, we're, we're waiting with bated breath. Oh, okay. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask you first then, Joe. One thing that you, in 2023 will excite you, what is it? So, um, you know, it's funny. I, I think that the thing that I'm I'm looking most forward to in 23, and it's going to be kind of weird, is going to be Connected America, which is uh, which is an event that's going to be taking place at the end of I believe March. Um, the folks at uh, Total Telecom, it's a it's a British organization. They're coming to America to steal from from uh, Eddie Murphy, but you know they're they're going to try what they do in England, and they're going to bring it to the United States. And I'm super excited. Um, to see what happens because uh, one of the things as I've gone to events is that everyone plays in their own sandbox. And I think that this is an opportunity for someone who isn't sort of caught up in the, the, the swirl or the blender, so to speak, to come in and sort of bring everybody together. So it's one thing that I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to and I'm, I'm really excited about. Interesting. Um, I know you guys will be shocked, but I will be there um, at Total Telecom's uh, Connected America event too, Joe. So I will see you there. Uh, let's go. Let's let's like let's get Bob for right now because we don't care about him. What about Pete? What excites <laughs> you? 
does not does not suck up. But I'm excited that you're on the FBA board, Kim. I mean, I think that it's a you know more and more um, people not are not just the female persuasion, but just involved. You're every freaking where you know, and so having that kind of connectivity to these people and being able to represent that um, as more of an ambassador of the industry than your specific, you know, company that you work for. I think that's refreshing and need to see more of that stuff. And I know um, you're, you're a force. So I'm excited for you to make some changes. Well, I don't know if you know this, Pete, but I'm kind of sort of maybe almost in 50 years, a kind of a big deal. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, <laughs> I, I mean, um, as Bob would say, so I guess we'll go back. We'll go to Bob since, you know, we have to ask him. I was required before I agreed to this podcast that I had to be nice to him. Go ahead, Bob. So one thing that excites me is that uh, a lot of incumbents and, you know, small rural telcos are actually going to start making unprecedented investments and they're going to look at new models uh, to get into fiber. So I think you're going to see uh, some unexpected players jumping on open access networks. I also think you're going to see, uh, some rural areas getting, I mean, real rural areas getting fiber before even some suburban areas are getting it too. So that's pretty cool. I will pile on to that, Bob. I think you're going to see a lot of these ILEX learn how to compete. Um, and I think that's exciting because when Starlink came out for good or bad, it made some of the smaller telcos in rural America who've never really had competition have to pivot their business model and learn how to compete. And I think that's really exciting and brings an energy to the industry we haven't had before. Um, What also excites me, but I'm not really positive about it, is that we could have a fifth FCC commissioner um, in 2023. Only two plus years into the Biden administration will we maybe get somebody across the finish line. So we shall see. Okay, so let's go back. Let's go to Pete first on this one. One thing that worries you going into 2023. Yeah, I think what worries me is a lot of consolidation is happening or starting to happen. I think it's just going to ramp up as it gets harder for people to meet their commitments and to compete, as you said, as costs are growing and affordability. So we're starting to see um, a lot of larger uh, providers pick up smaller <clears throat> ones for a couple of reasons. One, to try to get a footprint into those those markets, but um just trying to have a model that's sustainable. So I, why that worries me is that that causes a lot of, um, I don't know, potential, um, service disruption and and another kind of transformation that is, um, not easy to manage. You know, you're kind of talking about like the Zipply acquiring iFiber that just came out, um, not too long ago. So well, that was one example. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think there's more of those things popping around and they're small. There's lots of folks grabbing a lot of small ones, which is really interesting. So I just worried about how that that's going to affect, um, the marketplace. Okay. So Bob, well, besides not getting first class when you fly, what, um, else worries you (laughs) in 2023? Literally nothing else worries me right now. (laughs) Right. The, The pampered life of Bob Knight. Um, I, I think the, the industry relying on bead um, and everyone's sort of putting all their eggs in that basket. I think cities, uh, as we talked about a little bit before, um, are going to have to look at alternate financing models if they really want to get their projects moving. But I think, you know, it has some downstream effects, too, when you're looking at suppliers and consultants and whatnot. I think everyone is thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going to be so busy. Things are going to get moving. But it, unless there is a... Um, a widespread understanding 
that the bead money, you know, may not be the be all and end all. And you have to have a plan B, whether it's a bond or whether, whether you're taking RUS loan or, um, you're, you're just done a, a huge capital raise, uh, we're going to be in trouble and it's going to be another round of start stop for the broadband industry. Okay. Go ahead, Mr. Joe. So, uh, this is, you know, going to be contrary, but uh, in terms of like all this money is is kind of coming flooding into the industry, and and I think that, um, and this is what I, I've said this before, I actually think that the the digital divide isn't going to shrink, but it's going to grow. I think that in in urban areas, and I think in and also rural areas, um, it, it's going to be a lot slower than we think it is, and I think that in in highly uh, or densely populated areas, um fiber is just going to come everywhere. So I, I think, unfortunately, what worries me is that the digital divide um, is actually going to grow and not shrink. That's an interesting one. Does anybody have any comments on that? Do you guys agree? I think based on what you said about the states and um, the maturity of some of the municipalities being able to take that money, I, I do think so, because I think the people that are able to take the money are already ahead of the curve anyway, right? So the the those that are already have the institution in place to to pull you know to to exercise the money are going to benefit from it and those that are that have a lot of work to do to get there they're just not going to be able to realize it so I, I i do think it's a good observation on joe's part for once so. for once for once yeah. thanks you know hey listen it's once a year I, that's me I'm, it's my peak my, my worry person my what I'm worried about in 2023 is that we have a lot of people who are new to the broadband industry who are in control of a lot of money and they don't know what they don't know. And I don't think they're intentionally making bad choices, but they're uneducated on some of the pitfalls of that could arise with giving certain entities money or a likewise or the technology they we've all been in this industry a long time and we understand some of these things and some of these people are very new they could be have very long careers in business but this is their first um uh diving in into the sexy broadband industry in which we all live in so so kim i mean that's a, an awesome point what what something that those folks could do or is it one of those things where they've got the blinders on and they're just going to be full sp speed ahead and then all of a sudden they after all this happens and they realize, oh, wait, uh, we should have listened to people. Is there, do you, do you give any, could you give any advice? I, I, I would say this over and over again. Talk to people who've actually been in the trenches of building these networks and who've done this day to day. There were all executives to some degree on this call, but there's a lot of people who've done it day to day in the trenches that have a lot of knowledge. And I don't think, I think it's a lot of salespeople and a lot of politicians and lobbyists who are helping uh, educate these people. And I think they need to call the people who are not necessarily um, the ones that are easiest to re um, reach. So I think, you know, just talking to people and getting those contacts so they can reach out to some of the people who've done this for a very long time is a good way to start, Joe. So No, that's awesome because you're exactly right. It's one of those things where there's, there, there's no competition there. It's one of those things where to reach out to those folks that are have either had the same problem or it's yeah, I think that's a that's a great bit of advice. Okay, and before I leave you today, I have one more question for you all, and I'm going to start with you, Joe. What is one thing nobody will be talking about in 2023? So um, I don't know if everyone knows this, but uh, 2022 was the uh, the apparent birth of George Jetson. So just 
kind of drafting off that, I think that in 2023... First of all, you remembered that from watching the Jetsons? Yeah. Well, yeah, he was born, I think, like July 27th, uh, 2022. So... Wow. Uh, yeah, they made, a, they made a big deal of it. And I think what's going to happen is that there's going to be some type of massive breakthrough with flying cars. I, listen, I know it's crazy, <laughs> and I, but I think it's, it's going to be something huge that people are going to be talking about. That's so scary. First of all, now I know why Joe and I are both single. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what you're saying is that George Jetson is a Leo. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Okay. His birthday is wedged right between mine and Kim's. <laughs> Which is really sad. <laughs> and I know everybody's shocked that both Bob and I are Leos. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Bob. I'll let you go. Uh, so um, the one thing that no one is talking about, mm, gosh, there, there's, I, I have two quick ones. One is that um, no one's really talking about the role of construction contractors and where they should be in the process. A, a, a contractor can really verify whether or not your engineering plans are really going to work. They know the local areas. They know if you have to, uh, you know, bore through granite or whatnot, uh, and they can, they can really create efficiencies and build and help uh, dollars stretch further. So really having them uh, onboarded at the onset of a project is really, really important. Nobody is talking about that. And I think you're, you're going to need to hear that more this year. The other piece here is we're having the wrong conversation on digital equity. I think, I, you know, it, it's, you know, the digital equity and, and particularly, you know, device training um, can be really, really challenging and, um, you know, the ROI can be really uh, difficult, but, you know, the conversation is you have to do digital equity. It's the right thing to do. Let's change that conversation and make it about economic development, getting everyone in the workforce. This is, you know, creating the digital economy. It, it's access. Make it, um, make it an economic conversation rather than a feels good conversation. Interesting. Yeah. I think that is um, any funny predictions that you have of what people are not going to be talking about, Bob. Any funny prediction? Well, I predicted it earlier about um, what what you're going to be served on the dating apps. You know, that's why I travel so much, so I get a new selection every Ooh, time I travel. I like that. See, <laughs> thanks, Bob. Um, okay, so I, I have I haven't been out on a first date since 1999, so I don't know how any of this works. But I assume that you show up in a new city and they give you a fresh batch of meat. It depends on the dating site, Bob. It depends on the dating site. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, you stay married. Just that's all I can say is stay married. <laughs> so uh, it's funny. I've actually been getting a lot of hits. So what I did is I, I did all my pictures and I put them upside down. And so instead of they think they're swiping left, but in fact, they're swiping <laughs> right. And I'm just getting a massive amounts of hits. It works. I'm going to try that next. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> I appreciate the advice. Sure. No Disturbed. worries. Okay, Pete, go for it. <laughs> Oh, a serious, on a serious note, you know, I, I don't know that no one's talking about it, but I do think it's, somebody does need to start more about it. It's just how private money's outpacing public money, right? So we just kind of laid out a bunch of reasons mm -hmm. why we're concerned about public money, but the private folks that we're working with, they're moving. They're moving mm -hmm. with like crazy speed. They're, I mean, yes. it, it's unrelenting. So while I think the government it meant well and why we're bumbling around with all this money, um, a lot of this problem is going to be, um, 
resolved in a way that nobody has, <laughs> only people holding the checkbooks get a way to determine, right? So digital mm-hmm. equity and all that other stuff makes a lot of sense if you have some controls around it. But these guys are working towards really low OPEX, high ARPU, you know, as much valuation as possible and flip and burn this stuff, right? So we just basically shifted the dot-com into broadband, right? And um, it's going to be interesting to see um, <clears throat> what, what, what we end up with. Does that make any sense? Yeah, and they're flying in right under the radar too. It's happening everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Talking to a government employee here. I will go for my prediction of what nobody's talking about is my epic dancing skills. <laughs> um, and I do a mad electric slide, so I have no idea why, why nobody's talking about that. Um, but I think what nobody really is talking about, I think you all hit it. I don't know if I have anything else that nobody's talking about. Um, because the the one thing I was going to say, but everybody's talking about it was that you are seeing the need for 10 gig and the 10 gig stuff starting to rise symmetrical speed. And you're seeing more consumer grade devices without out there. I think that's going to be the next round of providers and ISPs and cities and whatnot, who are going to be starting offering 10 gig in this next year, um, at a much cheaper and, um, palatable price point than it has before. So I think you're going to start seeing 10 gig around a hundred to $150, um, in the next. It, in does that ever end though, Kim? I mean, cause you know, two years ago, 10 gig was not, you know, it was like, oh, that's crazy. But after that, are we going to a hundred gig? Yeah. I think it depends on the, on the network and the architecture, um, on the utopia network we could, cause it's an active and I know they're doing some amazing things with pawn as well. So I think it doesn't end. And as more applications come out, I think you're just going to see the need for this kind of bandwidth increase. And yeah, go ahead. Doesn't it remind you of like the early days of mobile when you could buy so many minutes and then they would flip over, they would, you lose them. And then all of a sudden everybody, we ultimately just got to unlimited. Like, is there, are we ever just going to jump to unlimited and be like, whatever you need, we got it. I, I think it's going to depend. I think that goes back to the um, how the network is structured. But I, I, we did, we have a little less than a hundred customers on the Utopia network with ten gig residential symmetrical speed. So you are seeing a huge uptick. And we, I always equate it is because a lot more uh, employers are paying for their providers or their their employees oh, um, network it. network connection that more people are willing to pay for it. But it will be interesting to see what 2023 brings on that front, especially because CES and what does CES hold? So right. it'll be interesting. Well, will it solve Amazon's inability to stream a Thursday night football game without all the freaking glitches? Well, first of all, you might just need cable then, Pete. I mean, I'm uh, just oh saying. Oh my God. <laughs> it's horrendous. I stopped watching Thursday night football. I listened to it on the radio. It's annoying. I, I would like to let you know that Though Amazon might be crappy at st- streaming, they delivered my eyeglass boxes that I ordered at eight. I ordered them at eight p.m. last night, and they were at my house at four a.m. this morning. So do, do you have to have that. oversized boxes to fit those glasses that you typically wear? <laughs> no, for they're for sunglasses, so. uh, okay. <laughs> like shoe boxes. Yes, uh, basically for my eyeglasses. pairs of glasses. Do you have now, Kim? Um, <laughs> according to the eyeglass boxes I just bought, I'm about thirty-five. Wow. You're like the Imelda Marcos of eyewear. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. That was nice talking to you guys. <laughs> Joe, you're up, bro. Let's go. All right. So um, before we begin our, our final segment, which is going to be buy, sell, and hold. So I'm just going to just throw out some topics. 
Um, so if you're if you're buying it, like in terms of like whatever like whatever I bring out, you say, oh yeah, I'm buying that. I think it's 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 now. It's ready to go. Sell. Oh no, this thing is is got more hype than than actual applications or than hold. I see a future for it, but right now it it doesn't work. But before we sort of dive in, I wanted to um, to read a poem that that is constructed for Kim. Uh, for Kim McKinley. So, uh, oh, oh, excuse me. What? Let me sit up. Here we go. You ready? Sell. Uh -oh. <laughs> so here it is. Utopia fiber, strong and true. Kim McKinley guiding us through with bohemian glasses and a funky flair. She leads the charge to end the digital divide with style and care. I need this. I need this poem oh, framed. Wow. I'm tearing up. Beautiful. So. So there's a reason why I, you know, even though I, you know, Kim is my favorite person in in the broadband industry. There's a reason why I, I read that uh, that uh, the beautiful poem, and that leads to, to the first topic, which is artificial intelligence. That that poem was created by AI. Really? Yeah. So my first question to the panel is: artificial intelligence? Are is it? Uh, are you buying it? Are you selling it? Or are you holding it? Can, can does it deliver a man along with the poem? I'm just asking well, before I most buy. Pe <laughs> most people don't know that Joe actually is AI. He's not a physical person. So <laughs> Shh, keep quiet. So let's start with uh, with you, Pete. Uh, artificial intelligence is, is something that you're you're buying right now. Is it something that you're you're holding? You think that there's a, it's in the future, or is it one of those things you're selling? It, it's like uh, people are too worried about their privacy the, uh, and all the different things to to really let it. Uh, take hold. Oh yeah, well, people are always worry about their security and their privacy anyway. But it's not going to stop that machine from running. I think there's a lot of AI now that people don't even know that we're using. You know, um, but I'm excited to see. I mean, that chatbot AI that came out um, from the Open API group like a couple of weeks ago. Some yeah, really cool I, stuff. That's where I made the uh, the poem from. Yeah, from a software perspective, we we started looking at that already. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's we're just starting to, to to get to mainstream use of that. Awesome. Hey, uh, Bob, what are your thoughts on? Artificial intelligence, are you, are you going to buy, sell, or hold? Yeah, I'm buying. I think it's getting better and better, and the algorithms are getting more and more sophisticated. We were tinkering around with, with some of it here at Harrison Edwards uh, about a week ago. There's new programs that will write copy for you and write headlines for you, and it's really interesting. So uh, a couple of my colleagues were just sort of plugging in some, some, uh, some names or some keywords similarly to what you did. And, you know, it, it pulls from websites and, you know, we did it on some of our, the, the client websites that we wrote and it's interesting to see which keywords it pulled out. So it, there, there's still a human interaction behind it because you, you have to sort of feed it initially. Um, but I think it's a really interesting tool and it just sort of enhances the, um, the whole experience of living in whatever it's going to enhance. I'm enthusiastically buying it. So let me ask you this. It do you think there's an opportunity for oversaturation? Because, because I think ultimately, at least when I when I was playing with it, is that I became less of a of a content creator and more of an editor. And so, is it one of those things now? Are we just with? Are we just going to get like uh, just destroyed with just uh, too much content? Well, there's there's always that potential, but I think the, I guess the role of a content creator is going to evolve as well, right? Because if if it's it's like with websites, right? When you used to write websites, you used to write them a certain way. Then all of a sudden, Google changes their algorithms, and you you write it, you drop in keywords, you know, you, you meta tag it a certain way. You have different headlines, you have different subheads, and so on and so forth. They change their algorithms, and you respond to that. I think it's going to be the same thing with AI, 
which is that the the humans that are um, helping to build the internet with content are just going to have to develop their content a little bit differently, and AI is going to supplement. In some instances, it will replace, but in other instances, it will supplement, just like every other technological advance. Awesome. I like that. Uh, and Kim, artificial intelligence, are, are you buying it? Are you selling it? Or are you holding it? After that poem, I'm all in. <laughs> all right. <laughs> No, I think it's the future. There's no way that this is going away. AI is continuing to develop. It's continuing to be part of the applications that can be used on this network, on these kind of networks. It's 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 the future of what we're going to see, and I'm excited. Awesome. All right. So the second topic is, and we talked, we touched on it a little bit earlier. um, Leo's low um, Earth uh, orbit satellites. Obviously, we've got the SpaceX, but there's one web. Um, you know, Amazon is doing something. Um, are you guys buying it? Are you guys selling it? Or are you going to hold it? Kim, let's start with you. I'm holding. I think there's, we're going to have too much space garbage soon. I'm too much of a hippie. <laughs> too much of a hippie on my old health side. I, I think that there is a usefulness of it, but I think that there needs to be more advances in it before we just keep sending up satellite after satellite after satellite to solve all Wait, our problems. Do you think we have more satellites than we have cell phone towers? No, I don't know. Why, why yeah, are you I asking mean, me a question I don't know, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing I see is all this garbage around the, you know, the, the land. You see all these cell phone towers and all these new 5G towers. Like, imagine if all that was gone and it was just coming from above. That would be pretty cool, don't you think? I think it would be cool. I mean, the 5G tower in my neighborhood, that poor person who has that thing stuck in their front yard. Oh, yeah. I know. Thanks. So I'll just jump in there, Joe. So I'm, I'm buying it. I think the, the, the questions about latency and performance and all that stuff is just like all the conversations they've had about every other technology about latency and performance. And now you got Doxus 4.0 that's doing a gajillion whatever. So, you know, it's a software problem. They'll figure it out. Okay. And then Bob? Yeah, I'm buying it for similar reasons. And, you know, when you look at what consumers want, you know, we in the broadband industry, we're always thinking, oh, they want speed uh, or they want the lowest prices. But it's really the reliability word is what people are looking for. And if you can deliver a reliable, uh, not, you know, they'll forgive latency as long as you can be there with a lot of uptime. And we're seeing that more and more from satellites. It's certainly beating out copper. And in some instances, it's going to start beating out cable. Uh, it won't beat out fiber, but it's going to come pretty close. So, yeah, I'm buying it. All right. So then I guess I'm going to, I'm going to be the contrarian. Uh, I, I'm actually selling. And I, I think that you guys all raised the great points that I think it's going to be a, a question of, of just speed, that we're going to get to a point where they're no longer viable. And uh, it's, a, it's a great idea. But I just think that... Um, just doesn't seem like the right technology for, for broadband. You know, obviously I'll probably be wrong, but that's sort of my sentiments. Why do you like sell yourself short, Joe? Like just say that you're right. That's what we all do. And when we're wrong, we just forget the podcast ever existed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm right, man. (laughs) Elon Musk, please. All those guys. Then I got shot. (laughs) They got a lot of money, Joe. I think that's the thing is they can throw a lot of money at it. So. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together in terms of just the the the, the ecosphere of it all. So it's definitely an interesting sort of uh, avenue that that's going to be interesting to watch develop. So the last one is um, the metaverse. Uh, mm. Are you buying, selling, or are you holding 
on the metaverse. Bob, let's start with you. Mm, oh, I'm I'm diving in enthusiastically uh, with um, headfirst into the metaverse. I think it's great. We have people actually here um, who are building uh, sites or environments in the metaverse, and it's it's becoming a really really useful tool. It, you know, it's more than just Roblox. You know, you're you're able to test out surgeries. Um, you're able to train people and systems in, in a much better environment. You know, whether you're an astronaut, a pilot, a doctor, um, you know, a, a broadband celebrity, you name it. Um, it can be built in the metaverse and, you know, it's, it's a test track. I think First Life from IBM, when that came out, I think people were really excited about it. But you look at it and say, OK, what's really the application to it? But here, you know, technology has advanced, society has advanced, and, and there are absolute real-world examples of it. You're seeing um, big consumer um, uh, product companies diving in, buying real estate in the metaverse. Yeah, it's it's happening. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. We did a bunch of interviews um, earlier this year with folks um, for the, the, the 10G Challenge, and one of the, the, uh, the grand prize winner was... Uh, a company called MetaView, and they were working with a doctor um, um, from the University of Kansas. And what they were trying to do was trying to create partnerships with rural hospitals to allow patients to um, to get uh, looked at by um, a, a high level um, cancer specialist uh, without having to come in, uh, travel hundreds of miles from where they are. And um, yeah, it's it's fascinating stuff. Fascinating. Uh, Kim, uh, the metaverse, are you buying, are you selling, or are you holding? I'm holding on this one as well, conservative Kim over here. I feel like we have to see it play out a little bit more before I'm bought in. I think Bob is all in. He got the marketing. He got the PR. He's hearing it. I'm a little waiting waiting a little bit to see how it all plays out. Um, but we'll sh- we shall see, as Joe will say. Maybe I'll be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Pete, what's uh, what's your take on, on the, the metaverse? Are you... Are you, are you buying or are you selling or are you holding well unlike kim i don't get to travel to different places to find dates so i'm counting on the on the metaverse to help me with my dating life so i'm leaning into it uh, <laughs> but seriously i mean i think there's and it was interesting we had that conversation with the, the hospital about the the breast cancer examination and you know the amount the defense industry spends on the you know the metaverse and all the training outpaces all the real applications that people care about, like saving lives, you know, more about killing them. So I, you know, to me, I think that's one of the things that it just, there's a lot of money pouring into trying to figure that out. Um, you know, the other is watching my kids. My kids don't watch TV. They interact with the world through their phone, right? And to me, the next evolution of the phone is going to be that headset. And um, they're going to be watching movies and talking to their friends. And it, I just think it's inevitable. It's, um, and it's interesting. I mean, I, you know, I use, I use the Oculus and it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy experience. So I think they've solved a lot of the problems. Um, and I think they have the fabric in place to support it. I think it's, it's going to take off. The word of 2023. There you go. There it is. Well well played, Pete. Uh, I'm actually probably going to surprise you guys, but I'm actually going to hold <laughs> on the metaverse. I think that we um, a- adoption is going to be the, the big sort of bugaboo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that um, I just read an article where um, the Europeans spent four hundred thousand dollars on creating a, a um a, a metaverse space um for a, a party and uh, nobody showed up there was a total of five people and so i think the the, the real problem with the metaverse I'm, I'm a big fan but i think it's the adoption is going to be a lot slower 
than we we think it it's going to be. And so Wait, was I think, it was it an open bar? Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, the, the reporter said that he interacted with a few people and those people then started to ignore him as well. Mm. So let me tell you, that's something I can I can identify. But, <laughs> but uh, no, so I think the metaverse is, is going to be huge. It's it, to, to your point, Pete, that it's the it's it's definitely the next next iteration of the Internet. But I think it's going to take a lot longer for us to um, really realize um, its full potential. Interesting. All right, so uh, I, you know, that's sort of the topics we have. Um, if you guys have any final thoughts, I would um, would love it, and then we can uh, wrap up this uh, this uh, predictions episode. I'll start with you, Pete. Uh, yeah, no, looking forward to another chaotic twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty two was nuts, starting in January, and it just hasn't slowed down. So I think it's just going to get worse. I look forward to seeing all you people in in real life, um, if we can ever catch up. But um, I'm excited for another crazy year. Uh, and then Kim? I think 2023 is going to be a huge year for the broadband industry, and I am just excited for it. Um, I am excited to throw a shoe at Bob if he if I catch him filming me on an airplane. I mean, <laughs> I'm excited um, for what 2023 brings, and it's been it's been a great 2022. It has been chaotic, but I mean, isn't that isn't that what you want to be busy? Yeah. Uh, so. Um, I'm just really excited and thankful for all of you and all the people I get to work with on a daily basis and continue to. Awesome. And then finally, Bob. Yeah, 2022. And I think largely 2023 are going to be years of maneuvering and positioning, getting ready for uh, 24 when a lot of the monies will start rolling out pretty uh, pretty quickly. So I'm very optimistic about the, uh, the year ahead and uh, the impactful collaboration that you're going to see throughout the course of the year uh new players coming in uh and i was joking about fiber broadband association and the board but i think that's really important as, as the industry's leading trade organization um that you know you you see more diversity on the board and i think it's great that you see uh, not only diversity that you have um you know more women on the board but also a, a diversity of ideas within that organization uh, as you have to look at a lot of different ways of solving this really complex issue uh, that has immense economic impact for our country, which is broadband deployment. Agreed. Great points. Um, awesome. Uh, Kim, Bob, Pete, can't thank you guys enough. Uh, I, you know, I would love it if we could come back in a, in a year from now and look and laugh at how wrong we were, but um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you guys so very much. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us, Joe. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Broadband Bunch. Until next time, we'll see you later. Mm-hmm.